Welcome to the Church Explained podcast, a conversation to grow your leadership and build your church. We're excited today. We've got a special guest, a guy called Sam Mooney, uh, the whole way from Norwich, originally from Belfast, and we're going to find out a little bit about what he does around community transformation. Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Nathan. Hey, welcome to the podcast today, the Church Explain podcast. Exciting to have you here with us. Yeah, and today we've got uh, Sam Mooney with us. I've got a little bit of bio here, Sam, about you, so uh, hopefully this is all correct. Uh, but you are hailing from Belfast. Come on. You, you had That's something to say about that, Dave. Well, well I, will, I will talk about Belfast in a minute. Yeah. Let me come back to that. Okay, let me go. Sam moved to England, age 19, to attend Bible College, where he obtained a biblical theology degree. Wow. Wow. That's boasting, really, isn't it? I know, I know. And now he's currently general manager overseeing the day-to-day running of Soul Foundation. Sam is married, and together they have three teenage children. So it's great to have Sam with us. Welcome, Sam. How are you, buddy? How you doing? So listen, uh, just pick up a little bit about Belfast then, because obviously um, we're from the same neck of the woods, I think. And I'm sure, I'm sure we met in Belfast previously, haven't we? We have, Dave. And in fact, I probably knew your brother Freddie better than I know you. Yes, but he's not the better looking one, is he? <laughs> no, he's the, he's the older, more weather-beaten. Wiser, less, maybe. Less educated yeah, than yourself. Yeah, <laughs> well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Sorry, Fred, if you're watching. I'll send you the money later, mate. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, so red, red 50s. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, hey, listen, it's great to have you here. And uh, you're married to Dree. Is uh, that your wife's name? That's, yeah, that's right. So we met at Bible College, Bridal College. I think it was yeah. 12 weddings the year we got wow. married in Matt, wow. uh, So it's one way of church growth, just marry and breathe them in. Yeah, yeah, yeah fantastic. So we, and yeah, and what Bible College was that? Mattersea Hall. Mattersea Hall, mm. fantastic. Which is no longer. It's, no, it's gone. No. It's, well, gone it's changing and redeveloping. I think that's the thing behind it. So, um, Dree, I was just thinking of her name. Where, where's she from then? Funny story. She's from Bury St. Edmunds. When I first heard her speak at Bible College, I thought she was from Brisbane. I was wow. really disappointed. You know, I thought, great, get to the other end of the world, and I ended up in Bury St. Edmunds. But anyway, yeah, so it's short for Andrea. That's what, but Dree is what she gets Andrea only when she annoys me, which is not very often, uh, but yeah. Dre. Yeah, I, I could see. 25 years. I could see you were trying to be a bit of a hipster there, really calling her Dre. I thought it was going to be Deirdre or something, but anyway, Andrea's yeah, called her that as well. <laughs> yeah, her favorite mother-in-law calls her that. Uh, <laughs> well, listen, we digress. Come on, let's start the podcast. Yeah, let's get or, in. Or we'll be here talking about Belfast all day. So yeah. come on, let's get the first question, Nathan. Yeah, yeah, Sam, why don't you just tell us about your journey and how you ended up at Soul Church in Norwich? Well, that, 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 how long is this podcast? Because <laughs> that could be a, that's a long one, mate. Uh, we came to Norwich and we left Mattersea in 96 and we came to Norwich very clearly, felt God call us here in 97. Uh, I was, we were here, so we had done two, it's our second, it's round two in Norwich for us. 97, we were here till 2002. Uh, David just left Norwich, so it was one Irishman out, another one in. And in mm-hmm. fact, we, I followed in his wake, mopping up his mess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then through a series of events, we ended up the other side of the country. Uh, and then 
about six years ago, uh, Pastor John, I'd known John Norman from being in Norwich last time, and we worked together for another organization. In fact, at the foundation now support Vision Rescue. And I was looking after their European office, as it were, and John was on the board. And he just chipping away at me. And really, I suppose when we left in 2002, we would never have left. Only a series of events really made it happen as it did sometimes in church life, you know what it's like. Mm. So, uh, and yeah, felt was on moved back here. Now I, I've been on doing what I'm doing now two years. Moved back, relocated the family back up to Norfolk. And uh, it's been a crazy two years. It feels like we've never left, but the two years is definitely... In the 18 that we weren't here, the two years have made up for it, let's just say that. Wow. Fantastic. So, Sam, tell us a little bit about your role. You are the general manager of the Soul Foundation. Describe that for yeah. us for our listeners today. Okay, so Soul, watching. Yeah, sorry, Dave. Soul Foundation itself is really the outreach arm of Soul Church. So everything that goes from beyond the walls of the church happens through the foundation. So at present, we, have, uh, we work globally and locally, globally. We're in South Africa with Hillsong Tembaletto out there, which is a school for uh, differently abled kids. And we work with them in the Philippines with Philippine Outreach Center. Uh, and they're working uh, mainly within the prisons in the Philippines and working with the families to support them with the prisoners. In India, as I said, we work with Vision Rescue. Vision Rescue themselves uh, are educating kids in the slums of Mumbai. So we partner with them. The name I trust in Pakistan, uh, which is really a church planting organization. Uh, we help support there. And then Hope for, Hope for Justice, uh, which you'll be familiar with in their fight against modern-day slavery. So we partner with them. So that's what the foundation does globally, and I really just oversee that. And then locally, we got different initiatives. So we got Soul Streets that happens once a week on a Wednesday evening where we partner with the local Anglican church. So during lockdown... Uh, it was the only restaurant opened in the UK where you didn't have to book and there was definitely no track and trace uh, where we feed the homeless guys. So anything up to 140 meals a week wow. or on, a, on an evening would go out of there, sorry. Uh, Soul Prison is just about to kick off again with, uh, within the prison. So we take Soul Church in uh, once every other month for two services on a Sunday. And then on a, on a Monday, we have a befriending group that really will go in, we'll sit with the guys in the prison. The, the, the chaplain's thing is that he wants us to normalize the prison experience. Well, I don't know how you do that, but we're going to try our best. So it's through maybe book clubs. Uh, some guy's going to teach some of them how to play guitar. Uh, we got an artist going in to teach some guys how to paint. Obviously, you've been from Belfast, Dave. You're good at painting curbstones. So, you know, we might get you down here to do that. Uh, YMCA, we partner with a local YMCA. Again, uh, we have a chaplain in there a couple of days a week. And then with the YMCA stuff, just really getting the, the first port of call with uh, John Drake House there, where the, the guys have maybe come out of abusive relationships or in family situations that have been kicked out. And we're in there befriending them, mentoring them. Uh, Wellbeing Wednesday for us is a big thing. We have uh, mental health support groups that go on on a Wednesday up at uh, Soul Church, up at Mason Road. And so we have that going on. And then uh, I suppose the thing that you see behind me, the, the monster that we created 18 months ago, uh, is Soul Food. Mm. So we, during lockdown, uh, we, we kicked that off 
we were before we had a little thing called soul pantry where we would do maybe two thousand three thousand meals a month and now out of here we're doing thirty thousand meals in excess a week wow. uh, where amazing. we've got volunteers coming in the pack and, and we do that through the schools and through self-referrals of people obviously through covid have maybe found it a bit tough to do life and so we're, we're supporting on the food boxes on the back of that then we started our soul restart program which is really going beyond giving people a hand out or a hand up mm. so some of the folks that we're delivering food parcels to every week maybe have struggled with employment or, or, or debt so we offered uh, the, the cap money course we partnered with cap with through soul mm. restart through the cap money course and then through cap job clubs as well and apart from that really i don't do much yeah <laughs> i mean there's loads loads that you're doing there and um you know some of it's partnership but then other bits is you guys doing it and it's great to see that as well just in the background there of the uh team working and getting those meals out um just thinking about like local churches and church leaders that are, are listening to this and just being passionate about community transformation is that something that uh, you think every local church should be passionate about and you know why that should be or why not so let, let me answer that in two parts mm. i thought about this this morning while i was going through your questions again acts 10 38 says this jesus of nazareth went about doing good Mm. and healing all that were oppressed by the devil. The first thing he says is he was doing good. Mm. And what, what we do behind us, whether it's through food, uh, through the prison stuff, whatever, it's all about doing good. Mm. And then the second thing is, I'm convinced that there's three things in life you always have. You've got to pay your taxes, there's death, and Jesus said that the poor you'll have, always have with you. Mm. So, so for me, community transformation, it's part of, it's what the church is all about. The early church was part of it. So they, they, you know, you just got to read the epistles and see whether they're encouraging, whether to look after the widows, the orphans. So, yeah, community transformation, I think, has to be at the heartbeat of church. And I think if, if, we, if you're not doing it, if I can be really honest, and as an Irishman, uh, I don't think you have a problem with this, Dave. Uh, I question whether you are actually expressing Jesus if you're not mm. involved in community transformation. It's what the church is all about. Mm. Right. Some strong words there. Yeah. <laughs> so, Sam, let me just pick up a little bit. Obviously, for those who are listening, we're describing that behind you, you're in a warehouse. That's not your front lounge. So, just to make clear, uh, <laughs> definitely of course, <laughs> of course, of course, anybody watching online. Um, but just tell us a little bit about that story, because obviously, to go from what you described as soul pantry, which is maybe a little bit like what a lot of churches have like food banks it's probably it was a little bit like that so from that to what you've got now maybe share with our listeners what that is behind you i know it's a warehouse but tell us a little bit about the journey of that so we can inspire leaders of what's possible uh, yeah i think anything's possible when you uh you, you just get a, a sense of what god's on and god's definitely breathed on this you, you know this would not be possible uh, behind us if it hadn't have had the touch of heaven on it mm. when lockdown happened when i said we were operating soul pantry that was very simple we picked up food from pret a manger greg's uh the tesco expresses that happened on an evening and then we just we just looked at the situation and what actually happened was a, a local business owner rang me and says uh, if, if you need to do something for food uh, I, i've got some vans you can have and then that got us thinking. 
The council then rung us and said, will you be the northern hub for food redistribution for COVID? And we were like, oh, so there, there's something a bit bigger here needs to be done. Mm. And uh, we went, yeah, we jumped into it, not really knowing what that would mean. We took over the, our main auditorium at the, at the church and we just racked it up with shelving. Some of it you can see behind us still. Mm. And just then started talking to different organizations that were maybe getting rid of food. Some of the schools were closing down because the, the kitchens weren't operating. And then it just started to spiral from there, really. Uh, was it something we looked to do? No, I think, you know, for, for us, it was definitely, the, the need was there. And so we just addressed the need. And, and we, we have seen the, the miracle after miracle. You know, we have, we have seven vans that uh, our local business has uh, given us to use. And he renews them every six months because he's a rental company. Mm. So, we, you know, I've never driven so many new cars that I haven't stolen. It's been great. Uh, the, the warehouse behind us is, is, is rent-free. Rent wow. uh, we've just seen God's hand upon it every step of the way. And what it's done for us, it's took the church outside the building. It's took church to the people. And we're reaching people now that we would never, ever have reached. Yeah. Uh, if you see our Heart for the Heights video, which is up on YouTube, there's the plug, uh, soulchurch.com. But there's a story in there of a lady called Sarmite. And uh, Sarmite was in an abusive relationship. I can share this because she shared it. So it's, it's, it's out there. Yeah. And we went to a certain uh, hostel that she was in. She declared herself homeless. And she was getting a food box every week. She then, in our boxes that you'll see, the guys just packing here. In those boxes, we put a church invite. It was an invite, goes into church. She started watching online. The, the appeal went out one Sunday, as it goes out at every service. She texts back to say those words, I have decided, and we followed it up. My wife and I ended up having had the privilege of baptizing her in the wow. North Sea during the second lockdown. <laughs> she then now comes back in and uh, packs boxes. The, the, her and her daughter plugged into church. Her daughter got baptized in August. It's just that story. That's that's what it's that's what it's done. And there's many more stories. There's stories of people that we we can't share mm. at the minute. But people getting a box on the doorstep, just you know, introducing them to Jesus because that's what it's all about. It's just not food. That this is just a vehicle for us to bring Jesus to the city. So it's been incredible. Absolutely incredible. That's amazing. Such an amazing story, Sam. And um, you mentioned in there, you know, like it was a need. Um, but there are many needs in, you know, probably in your mm. city and like ours, there are many needs. So was there any intentionality? Was it just the open doors, uh, you know, the favor of God upon it that led you to pick this is the need that we're going to address. This is the need that us as Soul Church are going to, you know, kind of invest into. We had, a, as a foundation, we had a board meeting just a month before the lockdown, and we decided that we weren't going to expand Soul Pantry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, God had other ideas. Yeah. Because we were like, you know, that, that's not where we see it. And then all of a sudden, COVID hit, things happened, but doors opened. Yeah. And I, I think it was, you know, we had, the, we had the chance then to either say, yeah, we'll go through it, and we'll do what needs done, and we'll we'll stand up and be counted, or we'll go, no, well, we've decided not to. Mm. 
So credit to our leaders that, you know, yeah, we just made a decision not to, but it was like, yeah, we're going to address the need. So even though we made that decision, we'll, we're big enough to turn around and say, no, that maybe we got it wrong. Let, yeah. Let's go with it. And God clearly opened the doors. Yeah. It's amazing. And I think the thing is that there's always needs. And I think that's where wisdom comes in. Mm. And just, just seeing where, where you're at. And the other thing is comparison. Don't be, you know, we into, I'm no uh, Matthew Barnett. He's got more hair than me and I have no chance of running any marathons, <laughs> you know. But we into Dream Center. We're not set out to do that. That's not what we're doing. We're just addressing the needs of the city we're at, where we are in Norwich. In Chesterfield, it's going to be different up there. Maybe some of the needs that you guys have. And I think that's where wisdom comes in, just to say, yeah, this is where we're at. This is the needs. Let's, let's scratch the itch where we're at. Yeah, amazing. And there's something there, isn't there, about church leadership in the sense of the flexibility of the church leaders. Because in one sense, Sam, as you said, they, they had just made the decision. And uh, you could have said, yeah. well, we've made the decision. We're not going to do anything. But there's something about having a system and a structure that's agile as well, isn't there? I think that's useful. Just thinking of this idea of um, some of the challenges, what's been your biggest challenge? Like, let's say somebody's watching there thinking, yeah, we want to do community transformation. Uh, we hear the great stories, the fact that you guys are feeding over 30,000 people a week, did you say? 30,000 a week? We do 30,000 meals. So we equate it to wow. meals. It's how the government yes. works. Uh, mm. So to date, We've done 2.8 million meals. I looked at it this morning. Wow. 2.8 million. I mean, that's phenomenal. Yeah. Mm. What's it's been your incredible. biggest challenge, though? I, th I think trying to, trying to stay in our lane mm. and not trying to get ahead of ourselves. Okay. Because uh, you could always think, well, we're doing this, but we're going because it's been such fast-paced and it's been Groundhog Day because every day in here is the same. Mm. It's not that you turn up and have a prayer meeting or you, you turn up and nurse the youth or made a mess in the hall and you've got to clear them. It's the same thing every day. And some of our volunteers, in fact, I've got one sneaking behind me now. You might see her. She'll kill me for that. That's Esther. Esther's been here <laughs> since day one. Right. And she comes in on her two days off every week. And the consistency of people coming in, we couldn't have done it without mm. them. And, and that's been one of the biggest challenges because as lockdown, first one came out of it, second one we've come out of it, things are getting back to normal, but there's still that need. Mm. And, and so it's not getting ahead of ourselves on one hand, but it's also keep on doing. Mm. And it's the hard, sometimes it's the hardest thing just, you know, because it is, it's arduous work. It's, mm. uh, you know... It's a bit different than making a cup of coffee or sitting down with a, a couple of folks and, like you would do, Dave, go through Leviticus because uh, <laughs> you are that theologian. Uh, but it, it's, it's the graft, it's the hard work of just doing yeah. it every day. And you, that's why stories like Psalmites, for instance, yeah. are just so pivotal, pivotal yeah. to it because that's what motivates you, just keeps yeah. you going. Yeah, great, great, great uh, stories there. And um, somebody's got to do Leviticus. Do you know what I mean? Some people don't have the acumen to touch that but like if it falls on my plate i'll have to do it really i think it's it's got, it's got you written all over it there <laughs> just just thinking about your volunteers sam and um uh, aside from leviticus um just thinking about your volunteers how have you so you talk about it it's like the daily grind it's the same and you mentioned the stories but how do you keep people you know, focused on the why, focused on here's what this is about. 
uh, in that whole like today you're going to pack the boxes and it's going to be the same so how have you managed to do that it's just continual encouragement continual stories you know we have good news stories we'll share with the team on a day-to-day basis sometimes up to 40 volunteers are in here a week yeah uh, some of them are regular some come in once and we never see them again so, some come in once and we're glad not to see them again. No, that's the bit that needs cut out, doesn't it? We edit that bit out. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's that. It's just motivating. It's the, the why is, it's the salvation of our city. Yeah. It is love and action. That's We, we are reaching people. Mm. And it's keeping the focus of, of people and not boxes. And chick, I've never seen so many chickpeas in all my life. Uh, but, you know, it's just, it's getting, it's getting past the tins. It's getting past yeah. the food to actually what the boxes representing i think that's so important Mm. even for somebody who's thinking about this and you're working with volunteers i think that's just a practical keep the why yeah keep the why and tell the stories i think is important what are some of the other practical steps that leaders could take or should take if they want to try and start something similar i think you start small Mm. we never expected to grow this well, we didn't grow it, it's just happened. Mm. It's been boom for us, uh, you know. It's evolved. Yeah. Uh, start small and just do what you can do. You know, we can all do something. We can't do it all, but we can do something. And I think if, if we're just doing something, uh, and you, you don't have to look too far. You, yeah. don't, you know, I think w- what we have seen with the food side of what we're doing here, especially especially since we're talking about here today, is that I think this need has always been there. It's just that COVID has exposed it. Yeah, yeah. And one of the biggest things as well is perception. Because mm. you, can, you can rock up to a house that looks, it's a nice detached four-bedroom house, and you can look and you can see a, a couple of nice cars in the drive, and you can think, well, why do they need a food box? Mm. Well, the chances are maybe they're, they're maxed out on the credit cards, one of them's maybe lost their job. Uh, they're struggling to, to pay the repayments on the two nice cars in the drive. Yeah. And that's why they need a food box. And so perception, practically, everything is not as it seems. Yeah. yeah. Or you can go to the house where the gates are falling apart and the, 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 the grass, you've got to, you know, get a tractor in just to get to the front door. Yeah. And there's all sorts of muck and mess on the road and stuff. But you know what? Those people need a box just the same as the people in the big house. Yeah. yeah. And so practically perception, you've got to get past that. But actually what you see isn't always the, the real story and what's going on behind the doors. Yeah. I think that's great. That sort of yeah. sense of starting small, mm. but actually having the right perception where there's no judgment. I, I, I like that. There's a real sense where like there's no judgment uh, because we don't really know what's happening in people's lives. And for the fact that you're able to help people in all those situations is yeah. remarkable, really. Yeah. 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 And, and I think, you know, some of the folks that we've, we've had in to help some of the volunteers, uh, it's been as good for some guys coming in here to help, and that's yeah. helped them. Uh, some maybe the mental health hasn't been too great. I think of a couple of guys in particular, but actually coming in here, giving them a bit of routine has actually helped them as well. So it's, it's done good for the people in here and it has clearly done good for the city in which we live. Yeah, and just thinking of the city there for a second before we sort of wrap up today, yeah. um, what sort of impact do you think it's had for you guys as a local church in your city doing something like this? You know, has there been some feedback you've got from like those yeah. who are in authority? 
Yeah, there has. I, th I think the biggest thing has been credibility. Okay, brilliant. Uh, and I don't think we can actually, we, we can't put that into bums on seats, really. I think the biggest thing has been credibility because the, the church has actually stood up and said, we will take the lead. And we've seen that across the country. You know, we've, we've, we've had some uh, monies uh, granted to us from an organization, Love Your Neighbor, yeah. uh, based out of HTB. Yeah. And that has come through from the government down. And I think it's because the church has actually stood up and said, you know what, we're going to take the lead. So credibility. Yeah, we've seen people come to faith. We've seen people join church which is great. But I think just lifting the credibility that these guys aren't all just crazy that meet in a warehouse and sing and dance and the flashy lights and all the rest of it. That's, been, that's great. But the church is actually doing what it says it's always meant to be doing. That's amazing. We'd love to finish by just asking you, Sam, uh, any advice for leaders today, you know, before we wrap, wrap this up? Any advice? <laughs> I'd love I, I, any advice. I'd, I'll take it gladly. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, we can give you advice if that helps, but uh, you know. <laughs> I, I think you, 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 comparison's a killer in mm. any form of ministry. Any ministry we do, anything we're involved in, comparison's a killer. Comparison's a thief. So I, th I think, you know, you've got to stay true to what God's called you to, what God wants to do in, in your city. Don't be a... Uh, a cheap replica, be the original you. Uh, and, you know, if, if we at Soul Church, Soul Foundation, can in any way help inspire any of the church, the, any of the guys that may be listening, watching this podcast, uh, please get in touch. Uh, I'll chuck out my email address, sam.mooney at soulchurch.com. Uh, please get in touch. If we can help, we'd love to. And we'd also, if you've got things that you could show us, please, because we have not got all the answers. It's great advice, that isn't it? Fantastic. It is. We yeah. can, you know, put that out there to leaders and stuff. Um, so I'm just to say to you guys, really a big well done for all the work you've done and taking that step to be a voice in your city, mm. uh, because actually it takes courage. I know we talk about this as if it's it's just happens, but it does take courage and it takes hard work. So well done to you, mate, for all Thanks, that you've mate. been doing. Mm. Amazing. You don't have to send me that money now. That's uh, <laughs> that's gone back. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, it's been it's been great oh. to have you on, Sam, and um, yeah, it's been fun as well, uh, which has been amazing. And like you said, people can get in touch with you, sam.mooney at soulchurch.com. Is that right? That's the one, yeah. That's the one. Well, yeah, it's been please do. That's, that's amazing. The one. That's the one. Well, it's been great to be together on the Church Explained podcast, and it's been great to have Sam with us. Uh, for anyone who's tuning in, please rate, review, subscribe, wherever you're consuming this content. Don't forget we have all of the uh, Icon Open resources, which you'll find at icon.church forward slash open. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next time on the Church Explained podcast. <laughs>